0: This podcast is sponsored by RMA Model Validation Consortium. The need for model risk management expertise is critical and hard to find. The Model Validation Consortium offers a full suite of model governance services to RMA member institutions, including model risk management program design, model development, documentation, and validation. Turn to RMA Model Validation Consortium to support your institution with high-quality model validation services at a competitive price point. Learn more at rmahq.org. Taking third-party due diligence to the next level. Welcome to RMA's podcast series. This is Linda tuck CEO of Third-Party Risk Institute. I'm a former Chief Procurement Officer and Head of Third-Party Risk Management in three major financial institutions. I'm a long-standing management consultant, an author, and an educator. So over time, I've become a deep subject matter expert in third-party relationship and risk management. And the second edition of my book, Third-Party Risk Management Driving Enterprise Value, is published by RMA, and it was just released and available on Amazon and on RMA's website at a preferred price for member institutions. In this podcast, I'll talk about four complementary but different types of third-party due diligence. The first is procurement related due diligence, which is part of the sourcing process. The purpose of this type of due diligence is to evaluate which company offers the best solution to meet your business needs. This means best fit for purpose, competitiveness, corporate history and track record, best value for money, and alignment with your firm's corporate values, including ESG. ESG is a term that means environmental, social, and governance, and it's the new measures of success for corporations, not for profits, and countries alike. Trillions of dollars are committed to ensuring the perpetuation of ESG principles. According to Larry Fink, CEO of BlackRock, to prosper over time, every company must not only deliver financial performance, but also show how it makes a positive contribution to society. This element of due diligence, which is the procurement-related due diligence, is obviously led by the procurement team on behalf of the business, who are active participants in the process. Now, if you haven't already reached this conclusion, I'd like to encourage you to recognize your procurement professionals as risk specialists. The second type of third-party due diligence is third-party vetting. Third-party vetting consists of of screening processes to determine whether your firm is willing to enter a relationship with this third party. Due diligence is typically conducted by relying on third-party risk insight solutions that evaluate publicly available information, but there's a lot of information out there so it really distills it down to something useful. Third-party vetting should consist of the following steps. Evaluating the financial help of the third party. Sanctioned screenings, and there are three types. Uh, There are company officers, right, bad actors. Sanctioned countries, countries that your country does not wish uh, you to do business with. And politically exposed persons. Now, you should also consider the litigation history of the third party. There are many, many companies that offer some or all of this information via customer portals with package and cost-effective solutions that rate financial health, Seek name matching uh, force sanctions and present dates and summaries of litigation and the litigation information, it may or may not be relevant, but it's good to know what type of litigation the third parties has been involved with and whether that it would affect you. So this important work is typically consigned to the, uh, assigned to the procurement department or the third party risk management program office. Regardless of which function leads these activities, I've come up with some very helpful workflow management tips that have proven to work over time. First is consider limiting third-party vetting to one finalist company or at the most top two. If you're not intending to do business with them, you know, you need to get through that sourcing and procurement process. It's really quite a lot of work to, to vet all of them. So I suggest just limiting it to the top finalist. Now, you may want to consider introducing a new practice, and I know this isn't exactly the way that regulators see things, but there is a reasonable reliance rationale for companies that trade on major stock exchanges. They constantly run sanctions checks on company officers for listed companies. This basically could be a reasonable rationale for not doing it yourself. So you would consider concentrating your energy and scarce resources on vetting privately held companies, which is a very time-consuming effort into somewhat opaque risk information. So anyhow, I know it's not common practice, but it's just something that you may want to consider. You also may want to think about replacing your annual financial evaluation of the financial health of publicly traded companies with automated alerts for changes in their credit rating. I acknowledge that these companies may be your most critical third parties, but do want to point out that this approach is a form of continuous monitoring, something you will forego with point-in-time evaluations. The third type of third-party due diligence is risk-related due diligence. This is the domain of risk specialists such as cybersecurity, business continuity management, and technology professionals. Risk-related due diligence is conducting after understanding the types and amount of inherent risk that doing business with the third party will expose your company to. And the purpose of risk-related due diligence is to determine the existence and strength of third party controls that mitigate your firm's exposure to inherent risk. It's a structured process that evaluates required and desired controls as determined by your risk specialist and allows your firm to determine the residual risk of the relationship after considering the strength and existence of controls. Now there is a fourth type of due diligence and set of risk treatments that is first and foremost for many companies and it's now of increasing importance for financial institutions and that is supply chain due diligence. Now, supply chain due diligence is something that's often thrown around as it relates to third party, but supply chain due diligence, in my opinion, is distinctly different from procurement-related due diligence, third-party vetting, and risk-related due diligence, which is looking at the existence and strength of uh, controls. Procurement-related due diligence, third-party vetting, and risk-related due diligence are activities that we currently refer to as third-party risk management. But supply chain due diligence is a new type of risk for financial institutions and other kind of purely uh, service sector firms. And supply chain risk is so different from other forms of due diligence that you need to understand that it consists of risks related to the supply of durable goods and the movement of physical goods. We know that the pandemic has created worldwide shortages and shipping costs are through the roof. This some of these the impacts are, you know, things like technology hardware, they're simply not available because some chips are not available. And the cost and availability of materials necessary to build or renovate premises is driving corporate real estate professionals to to, to despair. So in short, services industries need to get on top of supply chain risk management because durable goods power all sectors. In fact, I'm actually thinking about writing a book specifically focused on supply chain risk. Supply uh, Risk identification is necessarily different from service solutions. Supply chain risk identification and treatments must focus on raw materials, inputs to manufacturing processes that are necessary for finished goods, shipping, and warehousing. Supply chain risk due diligence is integral to business strategy and should be inter- integrated into your sourcing and procurement activities where it applies. Risk treatment should identify and evaluate alternate sources of supply, the availability of and costs of transportation, uh, materials and goods, the location and accessibility of warehouse solutions, delivery schedules, quality, access, and so on. So supply chain risk is actually something we do need to spend more time on. This is Linda tuck Chapman, CEO of Third Party Risk Institute. We provide training and education in third-party risk management, including Certified Third Party Risk Management Professional, C3PRMP. It's the global gold standard, and our graduates earn 66 CPE credits. Thank you for tuning in and listening to RMA's podcast series.